Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious and heavenly Father, as humbly as we know how, we come to you in the blessed name of Jesus. Lord, you see what's before us today. We ask you, Father, Lord, that you give us the anointing to make preaching possible. Not only anoint our lips, but anoint the ears that we may hear from heaven. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for the opportunity. Can I push this away like that? I uh, want to thank you for the opportunity. I've been carrying this burden for quite some time. Uh, I, I pray you guys will like me when we're done. Uh, you know, you say, well, why won't we like you? Because I'm not going to get done 45 minutes. Um, there's a lot at stake. There's a lot at stake right now uh, for your congregation. And I want to talk to, I don't want to talk to you or I don't want to talk for you. I want to preach to you. Um, I asked, at first I asked the Bladensburg congregation to stay home and have service. just like we normally would because I don't want the lights to be out in town. When the lights go out, people start wondering, even people that don't show up to services. And we're a very small town. But as I got to thinking about it and praying about it, am I too loud? Okay, when I got to praying about it, uh, I felt that the Lord would have as many of them that would come with me. Um, there's a reason for that. I, I don't want you to think I'm preaching to you any different than what I preach back home. And I think a lot of times, and I, I'm not here to throw stones, or I'm not going to call names, or I'm not going to do any of that, but... But sometimes preachers take the opportunity to talk to a different congregation different than what they'll talk to their own. And Hollywood's not where all the actors are at. <laughs> I am very blunt. You can, and I, this is why I brought them. I want you afterwards, if, if there's a little bit of time, uh, to talk to them. And if you're here from Bladensburg, most of them's back there. There's a couple right here on the front row. Um, feel free to ask them, is, is, is that how he is? It, and, and they're going to tell you a straight answer. So that's, that's what we need today. Um, I've had a burden on my heart for you and for some time, and I, I do not know how your search for the pastor is going, but I do know I have a message for you concerning that. Um, as I thought on these things, I wanted to give you a little bit of my background. I'm very, very old-fashioned. I'm old school. I'm not educated beyond 12th grade in East Knox school system. So I'll say ain't and y'all and Ewan's, all right? And uh, when it comes to that position, there's not a whole lot mentioned in the word how to proceed for that search. But I pray I can stir up your mind and maybe you get you to hear the view from this side of a person that was called into the ministry, called into the ministry, than just entering into the ministry. Amen? So, and we're going to get into some of that stuff in a minute. You, you need to be very careful. And I say to you to be very, very careful in that search. The most important thing that you should be doing is be focused on God's word and be focused on being God's people. 
that should come foremost ahead of your search. As I look around here, you, you guys have a beautiful facility. It's a beautiful facility. And you know what's at stake? It's not your building. It's not your bank account. It's your souls. It's your souls that's what's at stake. And getting the wrong pastor will be worse than not having one for a while. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to preach truth to you tonight. I'm not an ear tickler. Right, Bladensburg? And I'll tell you, it's important that you be focused on these things. I'm not here to put you down. I'm not here to... Just give it to us, brother. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. I love each and every one of you. And I tell you what, you know, when you love somebody... The way God wants us to love somebody, you want to tell them what God has to say. So I'm speaking to you tonight, thus saith the Lord. And we need more of that preaching today. Thus saith the Lord. There's too much, I want you to be my buddy, I want you to be my friend. Well, I want God to be honored by what I say, and I want God to be able to honor me by what I say. So look at Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the word of God here tonight. And we're going to start here in the uh, first verse. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness, meekness, and longsuffering for, the bear, for bearing one another in love. i got to stop. We're not going to get done in a hurry tonight. <coughs> this is really important to you right now. Forbearing one another in love. That means putting up with each other. And when you're in a dilemma, when you're a group of people that's in a dilemma, you're going to have, uh, you're going to need to do some putting up with one another. Amen. Amen. Because there's, there's feelings are raw. There's, there's hurt feelings going on. There's, there's ideas being placed out there. But we must put God's word first. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. That's what you need to be focusing on, endeavoring. Really trying to keep the unity of the capital S, that means Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in the hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended into the fir first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Now listen to this. This is very important. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. I don't want to hurt nobody. I want to stress that over and over again. I, I'm not called to preach very many places, and I really don't care. I've got a job the Lord called me to do. 
and it's to, it's to pastor the people in Bladensburg. That's where I'm at for the time being, and I don't have no inkling to go anywhere else. So I'm not down here pulling for your job tonight. I'm down here to give you some instructions from the Lord. Amen? <clears throat> I told you, I'm being up front. I'm very old school when it comes to this stuff. I want to give you some of my background before we get into it. Some of you know my family, and know I, I, grew, I grew up around the church, but I was not raised in the church. And I visited quite often over at God's Acres with camp meetings and revivals, those types of things. And then when I got to be a teenager and started dating age, I got interested in that little Sayers girl, and, uh, which is now my wife. And if the rules was if I wanted to see her on Sunday, I had to go to church. I didn't, I didn't want to be in church, but I wanted to see her. <laughs> so the preaching I've been exposed to is Brother Emerson Wilson. Yeah. I was exposed to him uh, the whole time we was dating. And I'll tell you what. When Brother Wilson would preach, he preached the word without fear or favor of man. And I was a sinner, and he filleted me up one side and down the other. And I'd tell my wife, I'm never coming back. I don't want to listen to that stuff. But he always treated me like gold. But when he was at the pulpit, he didn't let her fly. And that's the kind of preaching we need today. Amen. And when you get a man up here that says he's going to be your pastor, if he don't just let it fly, you don't want him. You don't want it. Because I'll tell you why. I, uh, I learned some things while I sat there. And uh, I learned this much, that if God's word says it, you can stand on it. Man, he'd drill that on you, wouldn't he? And that we're to gauge things by God's word. Not what we feel. But if God's spirit and God's word, it always agrees. These are things I learned as a sinner. And during those years, even though unsaved, I developed an appetite to read scripture. And I understand this fact as I read scripture and now that I'm saved on this side of it. I have a faith now that's that's pretty big. I've got a pretty big picture of God. And I tell you, with God, all things are possible. Yeah. And he's the God that loves to specialize in making yeah. the impossible possible. Yeah. But he's, he's bigger than ever. Yeah. When I was 28 years old, I was still in sin. And I was very miserable in sin. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for God to save me. And you know what? I prayed all those little prayers on the back of those tracts that you get. I've listened to all the religious people that tried to lead me to the Lord and told me how to pray and just admit you're a sinner. And, and you know all those things. And those, those can be good things to talk to God. But you know what? Brother Wilson was right. You don't get saved when you want to get saved. You get saved when God's trying to save you. 
The church needs to learn some things again. Salvation's a privilege. It's the most precious thing we've got. It's a privilege. And during that time, I prayed and prayed, and I wanted to be saved, and I couldn't, and I was miserable. I could not get salvation. I could not get that deliverance Brother Justin just sang about. I even knew that I was not saved, and even though I went through the motions, I just couldn't get it. One night, my wife had given me a pretty good scare. She had to spend the night in the hospital, went in for a routine surgery, and they overdosed her, and they about, they about took her from me. And she didn't get to come home. We had two little boys at home. And in the middle of the night, I got to thinking about how alone I was, and I was wanting saved and couldn't be saved. And boy, that puts a fear in you. And as I sat there and sat there, it was probably about two or three in the morning, uh, I just felt this urgent sense of I don't belong nowhere. And then I remembered I rejected God's word. Ooh, I rejected it. I rejected God's word. And I prayed and nothing happened. And it was because I had rejected God's word. But around three in the morning that night as I was laying there, just suddenly there come a holy presence in the room. And I knew it was the Lord. And I knew it was time. And I knew what to do because of true preaching I had heard all those years ago. It has a familiar sound to it. It rings true. I knew this repentance that everybody talks about was real. God was now offering me salvation. I shot out of that bed real quick, make a long story short. And I repented of my sin, and I told the Lord, I'm following you from here on out. And I'll tell you, I've never turned back. Amen. It is wonderful how God could gloriously save you. There was a holy presence that took over. And you know what? I was born again, a changed man. I understood, understood what it meant to be born again. Those messages that I had heard preached were all true. Amen. I started attending a community church because I had had my fill of the church of God. I was sick to death of it. And I'm not going to dig up old wounds, but some things need to be told. We got to be very careful right now. When the first big explosion happened, I'll say it that way, because I don't like that word, split. It was an explosion. It ruined and devastated families. Amen? And as a sinner, I wanted nothing to do with any of it. So I went and got a community church. We got to be real careful. We claim to be the church of God, and every church of God claims to be the church of God, but we want to be careful we don't drive people to Babylon. True. So down in Babylon, Matt went, and you know what? I grew in the Lord down there in Babylon. I understand the message come out of her, my people. And I'm not very sympathetic with Babylon because I almost lost my soul in Babylon again. 
Come one night, we was just having church and uh, all going along really good. And, and we had Bible studies on Thursday night, I believe it was. And it was about this time of year, and we had a bad snowstorm. And uh, I told my wife, I won't tell you where we went to attending services. I don't want to hurt nobody. But I told my wife, I said, there's probably not going to be anybody there. And the boys had a ton of homework. They were pretty small then. And she said, I'm staying home anyhow. I'm not going out now. I got all this homework to do. I said, okay. So I, off do I go, studying the word of God is the, is the solid rock we stand on. Right? I get out there, and I had heard enough preaching and read enough to know there's some qualifications that need to come from ministers. So we got out there that night, and, and true, it was just two or three people showed up that night. I think there was only about 12 in the whole congregation to begin with. And, uh, and the pastor said, hey, we're going to have a revival coming up here. And he, and he said, I got a brother that's coming in. We're going we're gonna to have him speak. And I knew a little bit about this brother. And I said, uh, whoa, stop. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, why not? I said, that brother's in sin. Well, I said, he said, you're judging. I said, no, I'm not judging. It's open sin. This brother was counseling. A, he was an older man. He was counseling a young married couple. And uh, you know what? He ran off with the woman and broke the marriage up. Well, he's a good preacher. I said, he can't be a good preacher. He can't. Well, that's who we're having. I said, well, you know what? I'm done. I'm not supporting that. Because God's word won't support it. This is what the church needs to do again today. Start looking at God's word and it says, Thus saith the Lord. And we're getting too squeamish because we like this one or we like that one. It's thus saith the Lord. The church of God nationwide is in trouble. Someone says, how are they in trouble? They don't trust the Holy Spirit no more. They take matters into their own hands. You, you, you take like issues and I've seen this and I believe in a holy standard. I do believe in it. And I teach as much of it as God allows me to teach. And I believe that the Holy, and I do this much. I believe that the Holy Ghost is smarter than me and able more better to teach. There's one of them East Knox words, more better. He can teach people better than I can at the speed they can understand. Now, that does not mean we never teach on it or talk about it because pastors have to be apt to teach. Boy, last night, Brother J.C. has, a, has a, a car lot there in Mount Vernon, and every other Tuesday night, he has church at the garage, and I get an opportunity to go in and preach to people that, that wouldn't come to church, maybe. That was so exciting last night. I got to tell some lady about Jesus. And the healing that he can have for her. I don't know how old this sister is, but she, she's, she's older than me. <laughs> so I got to be real careful. And she's got this bad cough, this pneumonia. She can't get rid of it. She's been to the doctor. And I went in there last night because I'm nervous about coming down here. And I told him, so brother, I don't think I've got anything. So I just went in and sit down and we started talking a little bit. People giving some prayer requests and Man, I heard this lady rattling, and, and boy, the Lord says, hey, take her over there to James 5 and tell her about asking people, to, elders of the church, to pray. She didn't know anything about that. 
Boy, that's exciting when somebody doesn't know anything about that. And we was very careful to tell her, if when God moves on you, when God moves on you, it's God that gets glory. Praise God. Don't praise me. Don't, don't praise Brother JC. Don't praise anybody else. Praise God. We trust God. Church, do we trust God? Amen. We say we do, but do we? See, I was in a predicament that night. I trusted God, but you know what? I no longer had no place to go to church. Because old Matt said, I'm not going to the church of God. I'm not going to Licking County. I'm not going to God's Acres. I'm not going to Jacktown. I'm not going to do it. I've had, I had my fill with it. Now that's me being bullheaded. I come in early that night. My wife says, what are you doing home service? I said, we're not going back there. You know what she said? Well, thank the Lord. <laughs> She's an old church of God girl. Well, thank the Lord. It's hard to, to, to drag a church of God girl into Babylon. It's been raised in nothing but church of God. So we, she said, well, what are we going to do? I said, we need to pray about it. We need to pray about it. And I believe God had me in the right place where he needed me, where God needed me. Not where people needed me, but where God needed me. And like I said, I'd have been welcome in any of the three churches down here. Um, I had family in all of them. My parents were here at that time. And uh, grandparents at the Acres and my in-laws at Jacktown. Our family dinners were interesting. <laughs> you talk about anything you want, but don't you bring up the Lord or church. Woo! <laughs> we prayed and prayed the Lord placed us at Jacktown. I went out in February. And this is where this is where it gets for the church. And I got nothing against anybody. But That night I took my stand in Babylon. Something changed in me even more. And God started dealing with me long before I knew. I don't know how else to say this, but I need a man that's going to stand. And I kept talking to my wife about this, and she's like, oh, oh, man, oh, man. I only got to be in services nine months. Contrary to popular belief, God don't have the timeline people think they have to have. I'm 30 years old now at this time. By, by the time all this transpired, I knew I had been commissioned by God to go preach the gospel. I went to the ministry all excited and expecting them to have the same excitement because God was sending laborers in the field that we also pray for. But I came away sick at my stomach. Because they told me I wasn't ready. I was a novice. And God can't use you. And I did what every obedient Church of God person does. I listened to man. 
And I started very quickly getting miserable in my experience. Because I was being disobedient to God by listening to men. God dealt with me in many ways. I'm trying to put shortening in all this. But I think it's important you need to hear this stuff. You know, the people picked Saul. God picked David. And nobody thought David would have done it. But God's seen the heart. He doesn't look on the outside. Finally, that was probably in, in June. So finally in September, I had had enough of being miserable. And I went back to the ministry and said, look, you don't have to agree with me. I got to do what God's wanting to do. I, I respect your advice. I respect it. But this is what the Lord's telling me to do. I got to go back to my hometown. <laughs> That's fun. Go back to your hometown where everybody knew you as a sinner and start preaching the gospel. Well, you can do whatever you want to do, but it'll never happen. Okay. But even if it fails, I'm going back and listen to the Lord. So we get back over there in Bladensburg, and there's a little building out there called the Mount Zion Building. That's where the Church of God first had revival meetings up there in the 50s. And it opened up to us. And I think that first September evening service, there was my wife, my two boys, and a niece and nephew that lived with us. And my mom and dad showed up. And if you've ever been in a building that's just a simple building, that's the one. It's still got rough sawn pews. The backs are straight up. There's no restrooms. There's a light in it. We had a furnace. And we swept up dead ladybugs an hour and a half before service every Sunday. And I had an outhouse. Amen. And we had some of the best services in there, but I grew in there a year, and then the Lord put me in Bladensburg where we're at now. But this is why I have such a big picture of God. When I finally told God, okay, I'm fully following you, and did everything that God told us, he opened everything up. It just kept coming. And I, I still can't wrap my head around all this. The Bladensburg building, there was, a, there was a group meeting in there, and it was, it was waning away. It was, it, was, it was in trouble. And I felt the Lord tell me, you're going to move into town. So we're, we moved into town. And as we sat there for probably about a month, the old group had finally just quit meeting altogether. And I said, look, you guys got some bills that need paid. You got to get this taken care of because we don't want... Uh, a bad name for anybody. And they asked me, they said, will you honor a mission for us? And I said, well, I don't know that. I said, I can't say. We had, we had grown to a group of about seven people then, besides my family. I said, I don't know that I can. I don't even know if we can afford it. I don't know what you promised. They said, well, we've got the money we'll give you. We just need it to get to wherever it was at. I said, yeah, I'll honor the mission that you guys are give your word to. We need to do that. And they said, then once that's done, we're done. I said, okay. 
So we did that. Then they called us back in and they said, uh, uh, what, what, uh, we have another problem. I said, well, what's the problem? They said, well, we, we have a bank account that we need to get rid of. We don't know what to do with it. And I said, well, I can't tell you what to do with it. It's not me. I'm not on your board of trustees. You guys decide what you want to do with it. So they had another meeting and they called me back in there again. And they said, we're just going to turn this all over to you because it was given to the Lord. And obviously the Lord's called you in here to do this. So I, I was telling you this to encourage you this tonight. And I love giving this testimony. The first thing I opened up was the deed to the property. They'd asked me, said, do you have a church board? I said, yes, we do. Brother Yoder helped me get started with uh, getting incorporated and all that type of stuff and walked me through the, the legal issues of it. I said, we have it all set up right here. I said, okay, we're going to sign this over. You need to get it a hold of an attorney, and you, you, you cover the expense of that. We'll sign it. Well, then they also give us the bank account and said, here's $30,000 to go with it. That's a... You might think $30,000 isn't anything. That's a big deal for this country preacher that's wondering how he's even going to get started. I made a vow right then, and the congregation today is like, finally, it's over with. I made a vow to God. I will not let anybody use that $30,000 for salaries, foolish spending. It can only be used on the facility. Because I figured God give us the facility. We need, to, we need to do that. And we had some improvements we had to make. I'm happy to tell you, after 21 years of being there, probably over half of that money was still in our savings account because we was good stewards with it. And we've done so many improvements on our building. And thanks to these people back here that's helped us. And thank God, they finally convinced me, could we just forget about that? Because every time we have a business meeting, you can't touch that. You can't touch that, I tell them. <laughs> I said, yeah, we could finally forget about that. I, 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 I tell you this stuff because God's able. Yes. Yes, he is. He's able to do what needs done, and I don't want you to get discouraged, and I don't want you to get ahead of God. God may be wanting to teach you something right now. There's such an attitude as I travel across and, and talk to different people that there, there's almost an arrogance in the church of God. We know what we know. We better be careful because God's ways are still higher than our ways and his thoughts are still higher than our thoughts. And he likes to do things that make us stand back and go, Wow. So we got things to praise him for. Amen. Now, I want to say this. Over the years, God has, has grown us into a good-sized congregation. We've done a lot to help our community, and we, we try to we'll do it all, and we do it all to glorify God. And I understand this. This is where I'm going to get real personal here with you guys for a minute. I understand you have a committee that searches for a pastor. And I've not talked to anybody. This is just the Lord, what he gave me. Clear back, way back last year when Brother Tony retired. And I've been sitting on this for a long time. I said to your committee, be very careful. Be very careful that you don't reject what God's trying to send you. He may not be the seasoned one you want. 
He may be some young guy like me that has a high school education. I read your qualifications. I'm going to tell you a dream of mine, all right? My dream has always been I like people. Boy, I like people. I like to talk to people. Imagine a preacher don't like to talk to people. And I've seen some of them. They want to preach, get the check, and they're gone. I like to be the last one standing. My wife's constantly giving me the wife look. No, she's not. But a lot of times, we'll come home Sunday afternoon sometime. It's been a while, but every now and then I'll hear beep, 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 beep. Anybody know what that is? The burnt lunch I'm about to eat. <laughs> because somebody stayed and talked too long about Jesus. My favorite thing to talk about. It's always been my dream to host a camp meeting, be the host pastor of a camp meeting. We don't have a big enough facility. We just got a little... You fit our church building in this section. For those of you who've been there, you fit our whole sanctuary in this section. Man, am I happy with that building? God, give it to me. But when I thought, just for a minute, just for a fleeting minute, our flesh is still there. We still have dreams. I've traded a lot of dreams to follow the Lord going to pastor, and I have my life mapped out. But I thought, Lord, I would love to be able to be a host pastor of a camp meeting. And boy, when this vacancy opened up, there's something in me that went, <gasps> oh, it did. I, I, I got to be honest with you. Sure. I told the congregation back home. But you know what? We don't always get to do what we want to do. We don't always get to do what we want to do. But I read them qualifications on, man, man. Oh. By what you put out on the internet, I was disqualified before I even had a chance to tell anybody I might have been interested. I just want you to consider that. God may have had somebody else that didn't have all them qualifications that was ready. This is where the committee's got to be careful. And I, I told the Lord clear back then, let me take this message, let me take this message, but he didn't let me take this message till now. Now, I'll say this. Your committee does, it needs to screen. It needs to screen people because what I said before, you have a beautiful facility. I don't know what your bank account looks like. I don't need to know what it looks like, but... I'm telling you, the devil can come to you in a pastor's face. This is stuff. But that inner man and woman is eternal. And that's what you need to be looking out for. I told you, this is what the Lord wanted me to do, is preach to you, thus saith the Lord. I love all you people. And I had this burden. I didn't know how it was going to be.
clear back that first time we come down here on Wednesday night. And we had a little spiel over here in the dining hall. And the Lord told me, I had that vision of, of, of this, <laughs> I called him an old broken down man plowing in a field. And it was Brother Tony. And I come along with a younger mule and a younger guy. And I said, I'm here to help you out. I still feel that way. I'm here to help you out. You're my neighbors. Now, here comes the old, am I going too long? I've lost track of time. Well, I'm going to let her go anyhow. So. I grew up a farm type life. So I've got a little bit of that kind of background. I grew around farmers. Sheep, we raised sheep when I was little. And this, not, this is not politically correct today, but you know what happens when your favorite neighbor's dog gets in your sheep? You know what you do with your favorite neighbor's dog? You shoot it. It's, it's a farm fact of life. And if you've got a dog that gets in your neighbor's sheep, you're probably going to have a dead dog. It's just, it's just a fact. And this is how I look at our neighboring congregations. I don't want no dog getting in with God's sheep down here. Your souls are precious in the sight of the Lord. And because they're precious in the sight of the Lord, they're precious to me. You know, wait upon the Lord. You'll be better off without a pastor than the wrong one. Amen. Wait upon the Lord. Follow the Lord. And I fully believe this because God's word says it. If you will follow God and get on your face before God and be following him and wanting to be truly perfect in his eyes, he will give you a pastor. Your search will be over. He'll give it. Someone says, how do you say that? We just read that. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints. I say this with all the love I can, but with the authority of the Holy Ghost. Make it be your goal to be perfect in God's eyes. Let God make you perfect. It's not our goal to be the best congregation right. in the world, the, the, the fullest congregation is to be perfect in the eyes of the Lord because that's why he's given the ministry for the perfecting of the saints. There is so much going on today in our world and so much loose living and people of the world pulling on. It pulls on everybody. It pulls on everybody. I've heard the term... Well, they're the conservative church. They're the liberal church. They're this church. That world pulls on everybody. All men are tempted. All men. And you know what? Jesus died for the whole world. Not just the church of God. The Bible says he died for the whole world. Amen. And when we get born again and we, 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 we get perfected, in God's eyes, we become the church. 
You know, back when all this took place with me, little did I know that God was preparing me for a people who was going to be needing a pastor. I also just went out and preached. I didn't labor, so to speak, to build my congregation. Amen? I didn't. I labored in the Lord. But what I mean by this is, hey, uh, I just, I'm just going to pick on some people tonight. Can I get down off of here? So, I, you know, this, this guy showed up on our doorstep a couple years ago. But I never went out and said, hey, you, you need to come to the Church of God in Bladenville. Or, or found out that, you know, hey, I hear you guys are having some trouble down there. Why don't you come on up? I'm telling you, there's been a lot of congregations built that way. And it's not right. Not right. I have a lot of people that were unsatisfied at different places. This is one thing I want you to ask them. Ask any of them if I ever invited them. I look at a couple out there. In fact, I almost talked them out of not coming. I went to his former pastor. Where'd you hear something like that? Brother Wilson used to preach that. The churches can't get along because the leaders can't get along. I can walk, I can see his former pastor walk right up. How you doing, brother? Don't have to avoid, he don't avoid me. We see each other. Amen. As I said, question them. I had a couple come down and say, hey, we're, we're thinking about coming here. And I said, well, well, wait a minute. Before you do, we'd be glad to have you. We love you. Oh, we like the singing. Well, there's more that happens than singing. Because I preach. And if I'm doing my job right, this is what I told them. If I'm doing my job right, one of these days I'm going to preach something that either crosses you up or you just don't agree with. And you're going to need to be able to say, God sent me here to be able to work together. I've seen people, the congregation will build up overnight with a boatload of people and let the preacher get in and preach one thing they disagree with. And that boatload, my dad used to tell me this all the time. He's a pretty wise guy, I still think. He turns 87 tomorrow. Still got him. And he's serving the Lord. He's telling me when I first started preaching, Matt, you can't sell Cadillacs by running down Lincolns. You just got to tell the good features of the Cadillac because the people still go and drive Lincoln. And I can't build up my congregation by tearing anyone else's down. We've seen that, haven't we? All right, let's keep going. 
But if you're ready to be perfect in God's eyes, I guarantee you because his word says so, and I can, I can say it, he said he'd give you pastors. Amen? And I don't want you to think I'm putting a show on. That's why these people's back here. I don't believe in going out and finding unhappy church people and say, follow me. I want to say, follow Jesus. And I don't believe with all that kind of stuff going on, the fellowship could ever heal. I say to the committee, be very careful and remember that you don't always get what you want. You want somebody that's smart, intelligent, has some college degrees, used to pastoring 55 to 85 people, 105, I don't know what the thing was. But God may say, you know what, I want you to just take some simple country guy, simple city guy, and put up with him for a while. And let him grow in the Lord and feed your souls. Because I have found this in my 21 years. I've got time tells. Someone said, I don't ever make it. That'll never fly. We just celebrated 21 years. Thank the Lord. And I found out some of the best services I've ever preached has been some of the simplest thoughts. Just by this one comes to my mind real quick. Do you realize the parable of the ten virgins? You don't have to turn there, but I want you to go look it up. It says five were, and five were, we can do better than that. Five were wise, five were foolish. You know what the word foolish means? And I preached it just that way. Five of them were wise, and five of them were stupid. It made the point. Do you understand by reading that parable, when you read it that way, that only 50% of what calls itself the church is going to make heaven their home? God, we need your help. We need your help. We need your wisdom. We need your man. Amen. Isaiah 55 and 8 states this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God sees what we don't. Yes. You know, I'm putting shortening in it. God wants to help us. He said, well, Brother Matt, why, why do you even care about us? Well, because of this. Go to Acts, the 20th chapter. Acts, the 20th chapter. 28th verse. I take this serious. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. 
I told my wife tonight, she said, why are you so nervous? I said, I don't know why I'm so nervous. I said, I'm going to feed the, going to feed the church. Going to feed the church. Those are God's people. Not going to entertain the church, but going to feed the church. With truth, with knowledge, with understanding. And remind the church. If we're really who we say we are, isn't it God's job to supply what he said? You might think this is a little bold, but I found this in, in the years. God give me another good brother starting out in the Lord. He gave me brother Tim Wilson. I, I, I don't know what I'd done without that brother. And that thing, that meeting is, I got, you got time to hear this. This is good. So here we are, nervous wreck, not knowing what we're going to do. I'm sick. I am sick. I just wanted to talk to somebody. I just wanted some advice. I'm, I'm a dumb country young guy with all these burdens and a heart splitting wide open for people, and I don't know what to do with it. And where you thought you would get help, there was no help. I'm coming home from work. I was working two jobs at that time. I was coming home from work from the first job to get ready to go to the second job. Had time just to stop and get a bite to eat. And Chris was like, I was, man, I was having a bad day. Tears, crying, couldn't see. I get in the house and I tell Chris she's had a moment. And she said, I just, and I, I'm, I'm between Martinsburg and Bladensburg, and I, and I just thought, this, this name, Tim Wilson, pops into my mind. Tim Wilson. Why am I thinking about Tim Wilson? I think I've met Tim Wilson in my adult life once at that time. I knew who he was. I knew he was Brother Wilson's kid somewhere along the line. And he was married to Chris's aunt. I get home, she says, uh, I just had this weird thought that maybe you need to sit down and maybe talk to Brother Tim. I said, well, you know, that's weird because I said, I just had that same thought. That's how the Lord works. That's how he's always worked in our lives. And I said, okay, where's he at? Her answer was, he's someplace in Alabama. <laughs> I'm from Bladensburg. <laughs> and he's someplace in Alabama. That's a big place. And I said, well, okay, I got to go to work. So I went out. Went to work. I started praying. And we come back in that night, and I said, Chris, if you don't have any idea where he's at, I don't have any idea where he's at. Uh, we'll just pray. And if that's what God wants, that's who I'll talk to. So I no longer get done telling her that. You can believe this or not. It's your choice. But I was there when it happened, so I guess I don't know. Our phone rang. And it was her mom and dad. What are you doing tomorrow night? Probably going to go to work. Well, why don't you come down for supper? Tim and Deb's coming in for Alabama. I want shouting ground, guys. And I walked in down there, and that brother, he looked across the room, and he seen me, and he got up. He, my heart just melted. He came over and gave me a big old hug. And 
it just helped. It just helped. He never told me what to do. He never, he just prayed with me. You know what? He encouraged me. That's why I'm hoping I'm doing tonight with all this. My heart's full. But Acts 20 and 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. This is what makes this get so serious and why it's taken so while. I'm going to leave tonight and I'm going back to Bladensburg. And we're going to be praying for you. But I want you to hear what God's saying. After me, maybe one coming in to just rip it apart the rest of the way. Sobering, isn't it? We don't want that to happen. I'll tell you what else neighbors do. If I see a dog in my other neighbor's sheep, I shoot that dog. I don't have to own the field. Amen. You know, there's so many people preaching today, but are they sent? Are they sent? And the church of God's been riddled with so many problems for so many years. You know what? I could go into any church of God if they let me. And I don't have to be there very long. And I could preach a message that'll have you guys on your feet, amen, and shouting. I know the right words to say. I know the excitement. I can see how they cook it up. But tonight is thus saith the Lord. And it's sobering. It's sobering. But God wants you to do well. Second Timothy, I'm hurrying along. Second Timothy. These are the qualifications you need to really look at. These are the qualifications you really, really, really need to look at. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter. This is not the qualifications yet, but what the charge should be. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. You know, <laughs> I got one that visits back home. <laughs> I used to tell Brother Danny, I don't really like it when he gets to preaching. He starts making me look at myself. That's what we're supposed to be doing. That old gospel, when it goes forth, it's supposed to be a mirror that comes up. And we see ourselves for who we are. But I fear far too many times, I'm going to pick on Brother Justin. Oh, brother, that singing's out of this world. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And it is out of this world. And it, it does something great. It makes us feel good. 
It had Brother, Brother Gayhart up. He did a lap. He took a victory lap. It's a tool to prepare the way for this. And far too many times it's become more about the feel good than it does. You know, I need to look pretty, I need to straighten up. And beware if somebody just comes in making you feel good all the time. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, and make foolproof thy ministry. Make sure he's preaching truth to you. Not just making you feel good. I'll close here in just a second. 1 Timothy chapter 3. This is God's qualifications. This is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth the good work. I'm going to get in trouble with a lot of preachers if they're listening to this. Well, I really didn't want that job. If a man desire, that tells me the man wants it. And your next pastor is going to have to want the job because it's a thankless job. <laughs> it is. It's a burdensome job. And he's going to need to desire that job. Let me keep reading. A bishop then must be blameless. Ooh. Not faultless. Because everybody has their own little faults and their quips. But blameless. The husband of one wife. I get in trouble with that in all the time. I say living wife. Someone says, what do you mean? J j just hear me out. I know people have been married and divorced and remarried and they can be saved and they can live godly lives and they can do work for God. But how, and I don't believe God has to reach outside his word. I believe this position, this position is sacred and it's holy. Let's say my wife and I, even when I was out in sin, we divorced and then I got saved and I remarried. And I got a young couple, older couple, whatever, in my congregation now. They're getting ready to split up. And they said, we'll go to Brother Matt for marriage counseling. And I tell them, you guys just need to fall in love again. You can forgive him. You should forgive her. You know what they could throw back at me? You didn't. I knew it would get quiet with that. Marriage is honorable, is what the Bible teaches us. I had a couple of us counsel one time. She just knew she had grounds to leave him. 
And I sat there and listened and listened and listened. They both claimed salvation. And I said, you know what? You also have the right to forgive him. Well, I said, well, then why are you counseling if you're already looking for a way out? And I'll guarantee you, had mine not marriage not been wholesome, they'd have threw it right in my face. It's a qualification God put in there. The bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach. You know what that word apt means? Probably going to happen. Probably going to teach you something. Not given to wine, no striker, not greedy, a filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know how not, if a man know not how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. And I'll stop there and just go on a couple more things, and then I'll... I'll I'll get out of here. I promise. I'm looking at my watch here. Cordial 9. Okay? I'll get you out of here as fast as I can. <clears throat> so, this leads you to believe, and I know this again, I know several of them, and they're good preachers. It's hard for one that never had children to counsel anybody that has children. Because anybody that's had children, especially preacher's children, they misbehave. Not all of them, Brother Terry, I'm sorry. <laughs> he had a brother that does. <laughs> but you ever had anybody try to tell you how to do something, never done what you're doing? How well do you take it? Oh, what do you know about this? You read Dr. Spock's book? Yeah. So we see in here, if a man know how to rule his own house, how should we take care of the church of God? I'd say looking for a pastor, see if he's got some kids. I know there's exceptions to the rule, but just in general, look at God's qualifications. And I'd look and see how he treats kids. If he don't have time for kids, kick him to the curb. That's the future church. I have more fun with the kids than I do the adults sometimes. <laughs> We're more on the same wavelength. <laughs> so then we go on down here. Because I just want to throw this in there for good measure. Not a novice. And that's what was told to me. You can't be a preacher, you're a novice. And boy, I, I took that hook, line, and sinker, and I was miserable. And I went to revival somewhere one night, I forget where. And Brother Rains, everybody know Brother Rains? That's right. Brother Rains? He was preaching. Big old fella from Chicago. <clears throat> he started preaching on what a novice was. Or again, God knew what I needed to hear. 
He said, a novice is simply this, someone that's had no deliverance in his life. I looked where God had brought me from, and I thought, I probably got more deliverance than most of the ministry on the pulpit together. (laughs) So I wasn't a novice. I understood that God delivered us, experienced God's deliverance. But we can fall into condemnation of the devil. Have a good rapport with them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Now let me say this. Likewise, the deacons, they also need to have a need to have a a burden, an inclining. I'm already on thin ice, I'm just gonna jump up and break through. You ever been to revival meetings? Yeah, or a camp meeting? If there's any preachers in here, take note of this. And the preacher says, oh, I'd rather Brother Mike Lewis would be up here. I'd rather he'd be up here. I've heard him do that. That's a put on humbleness to me. I want to say, then sit down. (laughs) Because if you've got a message from God, I've been carrying this thing for four months. I want to get it out. And I wouldn't rather anybody else be up here tonight. I want to get it out. I want to get rid of the burden. The church has been living on starvation messages for too long. Preaching because we preach, but not preaching with the burden of thus saith the Lord. I love you, Licking County. Get on your face before God. Live so much godly lives. Let God direct you. Let the Holy Ghost direct you. He'll give you. He will give you. Your search will be over because he will give you. Amen? Someone says, how can you say that? Because God's word says it. And I'll close with this. Psalms 127 and 1. Psalms 127 and 1. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. If it's your burden, to follow the Lord and truly be God's people, God will definitely uphold his end of it. Someone tell me where God has ever failed. And you can't. I'm going to cut a bunch of it out. Your soul's precious. And don't just settle for any old thing. Don't just be taken by the glitter. I'll tell you how important it was to us tonight. I come in, I look, I said, black shirt? We're going to a funeral? She said, maybe. (laughs) She said, I had your other shirt, other suit, royal blue. She said, it was too flashy. 
you know what? She's right. I didn't want to come down here at the appearance of anything that I was trying to impress you with anything. I wanted to speak the word of God to you. God's concerned. He sees it. He sees it. I was really scared with delivering what I'm going to deliver. But I thank God it's over with. You probably do too. I'm done, sister. <laughs>